Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My next guest has a content creating production company called Magic Lemonade. I love that name. The production company specializes in television, film, and uh, new media with offices in Hollywood, California, and Atlanta, Georgia. Her company, Magic Lemonade, creates and produces content from pre- to post-production for networks and studios. Known as the woman behind the laughs. I've known her a lot of, a lot of years, so I know for a fact she's been associated with me on many comedy productions. She made history last year as the first African-American female recipient of an Emmy for Outstanding Variety Special for her role as producer of a Dave Chappelle uh, comedy special, and also won a Grammy for Best Comedy Album. Please welcome the Money Making Conversation, the fantastic and brilliant uh, producer, Ricky Hughes. Hey. Hey, Rashawn. How are you? I had to put it out there, girl. You know, you're out there doing it. You know, you know I, I saw your photos holding the Grammy and holding the Emmy. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Share to us, you know. Well, thank you. You know, because uh, I don't like to, you know, because I got a couple of Grammys. I got some Image Awards, and I, you know, you can find them in my house. You know, they're not they they're not somewhere. Where, where you grab? Right there, right there. You, you, either you're blind or you just don't want to look. My, my, <laughs> you can see my stuff when you walk in my house. So because I, because you know, as, as a as a producer, you know, it's kind of like the the crown jewel of people recognizing what you do because we operate behind the scenes. You know, the talent always gets recognized. Gets recognized in the streets. Generally gets recognized with a bigger paycheck. And but as a producer, yeah. talk to us about winning those awards. I mean, the, you know, these awards, one, you know, working with Dave Chappelle is always a joy, a pleasure, an honor. Um, and then to be recognized, you know, Dave, as you said, is always front and center, which as he should be. And, you know, these awards were really about our peers recognizing us for especially the Emmy was, you know, for Stan Layton and I to be recognize, you know, as the producers who really, you know, put the show together and protected the voice for Dave. So, you know, when we sat there and, you know, we were up against some really big names and, um, you know, some comeback, Carol Burnett's comeback, you know, in the room, Martin Short, Mm -hmm. you know, Carpool Karaoke, like there were some really big names there. So we were (laughs) really in the place where we're excited to be in this building at this moment, you know, sharing the moment. And then they started playing Killing Me Softly. And we heard the song. We're like, wait, that's Dave's favorite song. And then they said, Stan Lathan, Ricky Hughes, Dave Chappelle. And we kind of looked at each other. We're like, get up. (laughs) So, we, you know, you know, finally got up because we just, 
didn't really anticipate that. Um, but we stood, stood in a lot of gratitude and had a great time sharing that moment. And it's always great to feel like you're recognized by your peers, you know? You know, it's really special because uh, Stan Latham, you know, that, that, that's a legendary name that needs a documentary uh, attached to his name, okay? Cause that, I tell him all the time. He uh, is, you know, he is, what if you want to say the king of comedy, I would call Stan the king, or the emperor, <laughs> you know, because, um, and he's so humble and, you know, in his approach, but in the end, he's definitely one of my favorite people you know, on this earth. Oh, you know, Stan and I, you know, did Def Comedy Jam together. Stan did uh, Steve Harvey's uh, sitcom that was on the WB. Stan did uh, the, uh, the, the the Kevin Hart uh, improv show on uh, BET. Uh, you know, he, mm-hmm. he's, 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 he's constantly staying current. He constantly stays relevant. And I apologize, I forgot Deaf Comedy Jam, which changed the mm-hmm. face of stand-up comedy today. That's Stan Lathan. That's that's just part of, like, that's why she says he's the king of comedy. From a producer, <laughs> an executive producer, from a, a director standpoint, you know, he, like I said, I, I, I consider him a friend. Uh, I consider him a mm-hmm. person, a, a mentor, because I've been in the position to stand back and watch what he does. But the, the key word that you said, very humble. Oh my God, he's so humble. It's, it's it's almost ridiculous. I mean, the fact that he goes back to Sesame Street and Mom's Mabley, yes. like there's such a breadth of work that stands, you know, between him. It's just, you know, humbling. And, and right now, you're the queen of of, of comedy producing. That's my <laughs> girl here, Miss Ricky Hughes. So you know, let, let, I, let's let's talk about some of the times I met you. Okay, uh, just mm-hmm. to show you the journey. Uh, the, I, I like to say the, the first and only BET comedy special way mm-hmm. back when the Steve Harvey host. And I was fortunate to be a, a producer on the show along with you. And then uh, yes. we were several times on Rip the Runway, uh, mm-hmm. which, which I thought was a cool concept of uh, of uh, being able to making making a fashion, our version of uh, Victoria's Secret's runway. And um, in those those moments of meeting you, what I always encountered was professionalism. You knew your job, and you stayed on top of the game. Of course, I talk about the Monique Talk Show, just other projects that I wasn't personally involved. I would walk in and see you there, always smiling, always on top of your game. What motivates you to be successful? Just, you know, my motivation is really just to be great and in everything that I do and make sure that I'm impeccable with my words. So a lot of times that keeps me with kind of with my head down and just moving quickly through things. Um, I know as a leader of the ship, it's always important. I know that every eye is always on me. So it's always important to be calm, cool, and collective. Like never, no one ever hears me speak above this voice, no matter what's going on. Right. <laughs> and I know that there is a responsibility in that. And I just, you know, I, I own that. And, uh, you know, it's really important for me that everything that we put onto that screen is really reflective of what our intentions were. Now, it's really so interesting it's, you know, when I process. hear you talk, because it's true. She, this is her tone when she's, uh, if she, if she is upset, she never, uh, I say, uh, brings it out. She, she will have the conversations, let you know if you're doing your job right or wrong. But the thing about it is that consistency. But let's talk about, before we even get into the, how you started in music and the transition over, the name of your company, Magic Lemonade. Give us that backstory. <laughs> <laughs> so Magic Lemonade, one, I just want to <laughs> you say. Know you know I had to ask about that. Now, Magic Lemonade, where does that come from? <laughs> <laughs> well, Magic Lemonade came from a place, you know, at the point where I wanted to 
you know, I'd worked for, with so many other people, and I realized it was time for me to hang out my own shingle. Right. And I said, you know, what happens, no matter, no matter what happens with any projects that are brought to me or that I create, I always have to add a little magic to it <laughs> to make it the sweetest lemonade possible. And the biggest thing is you can't say it without smiling. Absolutely. So it's just, it's a reminder that, look, we can't take this so serious. You know, we really need to just enjoy ourselves. To me, the journey is just as, just as important as the final product. So I like to make sure that, you know, I created a place where everyone that comes there feels heard. Everyone that works with me feels like we're working together and not for me. And that they understand that this is all just a magical experience. And let's just get on the ride, have a good time. We know that really, first of all, you're right. Because when you said magic lemonade, I immediately went to my, you know, Chick-fil-A lemonade. I love their lemonade. <laughs> so, I, you know, I, I went right there. You know, my favorite lemonade. So, I, you know, I'm already smiling, thinking about where I'm going to stop when I finish this podcast <laughs> today, this live radio show today. You know, when I when I think about the way we develop our relationships, it's always a journey. Like, for instance, to be a producer, the writer, the sitcom, and all the things I've done in my life and a manager, I started out as a stand-up comedian. And I thought I was going to be the next Richard Pryor. At the time when I started, Eddie Murphy was everywhere. So I was competing with his world. And then Def Jam came along and that gave me a comedic opportunity. But you didn't start out being the queen of comedy from a producing standpoint. Talk about the start of your career in music. Not not at all. You know, I started off in music. Um, I worked with, um, we had a soundtrack that was, um, I don't know if you know, George Jackson and Doug McHenry. Come on. Um, I did Jason's lyrics. I know you I did, did but, Jason's lyrics. Okay. <laughs> you know, and at this point, soundtracks were really big, and I had, um, and so they needed a soundtrack, and I brought in, I brought in Warren G. and his crew for the Jason's lyric soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So, um, coming from there, Warren's manager said, "Hey, I got these kids. They've never been on the road. Can you help me with them?" So I started managing with. Ron G was Warren G and started taking all the guys on the road. And that was the start of my music career. I ended up working (laughs) at Priority Records for some years. And then when we did the final bio for EMI, I said, I'm out. I would rather go to film and TV. Mm -hmm. Moved over. I started working with uh, Carl Craig and Ralph Farquhar. And so we started producing shows from there. So my entry from music into TV was through comedy. So that's why all my projects you see always have a music and a comedic base. Somehow it's infused. And I kind of work back and forth, and it goes, you know, in the live world as well. So, um, and then I started working with Stan Lathan. And, you know, throughout my career, I didn't start off as a PA or any of the traditional routes. (laughs) When I started off, I came in, I said, I'm a producer. I went and did my research on what it took. And, you know, I stuck my chest up high, still with my head high, and walked in and said, I'm a producer. Let's produce some shows together. And then I realized I needed to bring some things to the table. What I did have was great relationships with talent. So I was able to leverage those relationships Uh and with my newfound knowledge of what it takes to produce and put those things together and really, you know, started to dig in. It's, it's really a, when you started going down memory lane, Carl Craig, which I did there. Mm-hmm. I worked with him on HBO, the Ice-T uh, uh, project on HBO back in the day. And then Ralph Aqua, uh, you know, like a big brother, little brother uh, to me. You know, he's right up there with uh, with Stan Lathan. You know, I, 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 do you look, up, look at them as mentors to you? 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've learned something. Yeah, I pride myself on learning something from everyone that I come in contact with, you know, from whatever position they hold. Um, but definitely Carl, you know, Carl was one who just said, because he came from music with the music video world mm-hmm. and he was, you know, constantly like, Hey Ricky, if we do this, we can do this. <laughs> yes, you know, he was yes. constantly had a plan for us together, which was, you know, really great because you know, even just stepping in next to someone, I always say, always stand next to a W and everyone says, what does that mean? I said, always stand next to a winner. Mm-hmm. And if you can stand next to a winner and then still have your own mindset that you're choosing to be a winner as well, you make yourself in great company and you can move effortlessly through the process. So, you know, we always had a kind of winning mentality no matter what task we were up against. You know, and Ralph has always been. I learned so much from Ralph. No one is, I think, bolder than Ralph. Come on now. <laughs> and committed, you know, uh, to his creative. So. We fought, we've loved, we've done all that stuff between all of us. And we, at the end, we finally get to the end of the project. And it's usually a really great work. I tell you, uh, the names uh, that you're talking about, the work ethic that they allow you to see, you know, this is a journey with everybody. I can, you know, you can understand the tone. None of these people you've mentioned are screamers. None of these people want to be noticed on the set. They just want to be Mm -hmm. able to direct and pull out the best talent. It, that that individual or that best script or the best uh, read from that script, the big production that they're involved in, and that really sets the tone for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to deliver on Money Making Conversation. I'm talking to Ricky Hughes. She is called the queen of comedy from a producing standpoint. Has an amazing uh, production company located in Hollywood, California, and Atlanta, Georgia, called Magic Lemonade. When we get back, we want to find out what does 2020 hold for her company. Also, how did she meet Dave Chappelle? I'm going to tell you how I met Dave Chappelle. But she, she has a story, too. Because, you know, I've learned with her, our story is kind of intertwined. She busted out with Jason Lear. Jason Lear! The only movie I ever starred in was Jason Lear. Fast Freddy. Hi, this is Rashawn McDonald, and you're listening to Money Making Conversation, a show I created to uh, give you information, information about winning and an opportunity to understand the world that you're trying to win in. That is the world of entertainment and the world of being an entrepreneur. Uh, being an entrepreneur is, uh, is, is definitely taking a lot of a stronger foothold into what we're doing because of social media. Social media allows us to brand our vision, brand our ideas, and promote our dreams with a plan and allow us to go out there and not reach. I always tell people who live in the Muhammad Ali area, I am the greatest, uh, that he promoted that, he said that, and now we understand that was the, a brand that he uh, put out there that will live throughout uh, our times, that we live. But corporations have been bragging like that all their lives. Ford, McDonald's, talking about their products, talking about their hamburgers, talking about their cars, talking about their computers. Now in the era that we live in, you can do the same with social media. On the, on the phone, I have a guest. You know, I know many times, you know, she's talking about she did the music soundtrack for Jason's Lyric. You know, the Jason Lyric, like I said, one of the movies I starred in as Fast Freddy. You know, all I say, Ricky, you know, for some reason you have, we got to work together in 2020. That's all I got to say. Let's do it. You know, see, that's how she did it. With no hesitation. That's remember she said she didn't come in doing mail room. She didn't come in doing PA work. She said, I'm coming. I'm a producer. I I, I said, let's work together. She said, let's do it. <laughs> and, you know, it's really funny because I'm, I'm talking to share a little story. As a writer, I came in as a, uh, you know, you have different levels of, of writing in sitcom. You know, you have a staff writer, right. executive story. I came in as an executive story editor. I skipped mm-hmm. staff writing. 
because of the fact that I, I, I it's how you prepare and what I presented. Mm-hmm. And I felt that I, why, why, why do I need to start there? And so when you said the story about being a producer, see, a lot of people don't want to do the homework or the legwork because once you commit to something, you can't lay back on your laurels. In other words, you have to do it five times harder because you know you have to play catch up. You have to learn on the job and people expect certain things from you when you are being hired for that title. And those are the challenges yeah. that a lot of people don't step up for. And that's what annoys me the most in our business that we call entertainment because there are no guarantees. As you know, Ricky is like, you you know, you think that check is coming and all of a sudden it doesn't come as fast as you want. Mm-hmm. Or it might be, and you know, in our business as well, you know, money comes, can come in large lump sums and then it can yep. die off. So you have to have an accounting in your head too. You know, this check coming in February, it got to go all the way through December. (laughs) The discipline. Yes. So let's talk about that discipline. Let's talk about that whole process of of running the production company. You know, you're seeking out jobs and opportunities. You're being recommended for jobs and opportunities. How, what is a real production company? I know I've, I've had a couple of people on. I've never asked that question. What is a production company in the media of television and film? So you have a couple of different production companies. You have some that are just kind of a loan out production company that they, they're really kind of a name only and they're a name for maybe the talent. Mm-hmm. Then you have a production company like ours. It's a full service production company. So we take everything from concept all the way till we deliver it to the air. Right. So from the moment there's an idea about a show, right. then we immediately start to ideate about the idea, whether we're working with a network or a studio then we get to the process of making sure that we have, we've had a creative meetings of the minds that yes, this is the exact project that we like to create. Mm-hmm. Then we start to create, you know, budgets. How much does this cost? Can we stay within, can we create this vision within the limits of this budget number? And then who are the proper staffing? Who can help us bring this vision alive and making sure that we curate that crew that truly makes sense for our end game, our end product. And then it's a process of making it happen and knowing that every single production, I don't care how prepared you are, there are going to be some little fires. So I always say the best thing I can do is is have the best pre-production process as possible so that I'm prepared that if any fire comes, I can quickly pivot to the next and keep moving so that we can still make our goal. And after we finish our production, then we get ready to go into the edit bay, our post-production, music, everything that comes along with it, making the edits to satisfy whether it's the, the studio or the network. Right. And then get it out there to the world. So that's kind of a, in a snapshot of what our production company does. And we come in in different stages. Usually we come in at the beginning at the ideation point. Right. Where it's just, just an idea, whether we've pitched it or someone has pitched it to us. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, sometimes we come in and I have to really put some magic on and this is where the lemonade is. Sometimes I get lemon and people say, Ricky, we need help. Help. We got, you know, the people that started this got, got in under their head, over their head. Right. They didn't, you know, didn't quite know how to get us to the finish line. Can you come in and do that? And so I've done that too. I don't like to do too much of that because it's, you know, it, you're kind of walk, walking in from a deficit. Well, you know, it's really but important that you say part, that because, that means your voice is important. And from a female standpoint of being an African-American, you know, you have to, you have to, that's your brand. How do you protect that and, uh, and, uh, and make sure you put out quality content? I think my biggest, my biggest litmus test is, is this something that I would want to watch? Is this something that I'm engaged in? Mm-hmm. A lot of projects come my way 
and I have to have discernment, and I say no a lot. And, you know, the agents and managers are like, oh, my gosh, Ricky, why are you saying no? This is the greatest project. This is working with this person. I said, yeah, but it's not aligned with my core belief. And at this point in my career, I know that when it gets tough, I have to be 100% in, 10 toes down, willing to spend my own money if necessary to make sure that this is correct. And if I can't say that about this project or feel like I can get to that point, then I have to walk away because then there's somebody else better suited for this project. Right. Right. And that's, that's, then that's really being honest with yourself. I have to be. And then a lot of people, they do you know a lot of people, they, they, they look at them, they look at the check opportunity, but also, you know, that that check can, 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 by taking the wrong project can affect other opportunities. And that's what you're saying right now. Make sure you stay Absolutely. in the lane that presents what you want to represent and what you're trying and your ability to create. Not so much that check, correct? Absolutely. So important. You know, it's a, it's a, we, we talked about him earlier. We actually just mentioned the name. We're talking about Dave Chappelle. I, I met Dave Chappelle in uh, 1992. We both did uh, HBO Def Comedy Jam together. And uh, it was funny. I, You know, we meet each other. I didn't saw Dave in like 10 years, like a year and a half ago. I was, uh, two years ago, I was coming, I was in going walking into the Four Seasons Hotel. And uh, this young man came running behind me going, hey, hey, hey. He said, are you Rashawn McDonald? I go, um, yeah. And he walked away. I go, excuse me. <laughs> Why are you asking about Rashad McDonald? He said, because Dave Chappelle's in the car, and he wasn't sure he hadn't saw him in a long time. I said, Dave Chappelle is in the car out there. Tell his behind to get on in there. We didn't saw each other. Because I say that because he's that type of guy. He's a likable, yeah. approachable guy, you know, a creative genius. Please understand this is a, the guy works in his craft. Like on his on his upcoming special, he was just in Houston working at a very small venue that you mm-hmm. know like C two hundred to work on his material. And so you yep. and so that's how he doesn't go out there ad lib. If you give him a check, he's gonna come back with the ability to with the material. And so so really? I say that story because of the fact that most people will just have let me walk in the hotel or whatever. Cause I saw David in years. And for him to want to know that was me, and then we hugged, we took some photos and all that good stuff. But tell us about your your relationship with him and how, because you have to meet a person to be able to work with those with a Dave. Because Dave's a creative person, and he wants he wants people around him that has that that same energy. Correct. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I first met Dave actually on Def Comedy Jam as well. I was working with Stan. It was mm-hmm. our the last season mm-hmm. um, of Def Comedy Jam, and. I went to go, they said, Dave just arrived. So I went to go meet him at the car. Right. He came in by himself. Right. No fanfare. <laughs> no one else was with him. Mm-hmm. He walked in and he said, you know, I'm here for Stan. Yes. This is the only reason I would do this is for Stan. Yes. I said, and we appreciate you. Right. We had a great conversation. And, you know, he went on and this was one of the first time he really told the whole story of what happened. And um, it was such, you know, a, a moment there, and we've always connected. And then when, you know, fast forward to when Dave decided, I think I'm ready to come back, you know, and kind of share some of the stuff with the world, uh, Stan called and said, Ricky, you know, Dave's ready. This has got to be a really, you know, we've got to really dial this in. It's really important. You know, we, so we really understood the gravity of the situation, and we had a very, very small crew. Right. We shot this with Dave's own money. Like uh, one thing I love is he just bets on himself, mm-hmm. and we um, we just created the most intimate environment for him to create. 
and um, and just respect the genius of it all. And, it, you know, it, it's a process working with Dave that I absolutely love and respect from the beginning all the way to the end. And um, we're just happy that everything that we've done thus far, I've shot every special with Dave since he's come back. And each one has gotten has been just better than the last. And, you know, I think we really have a magical family together that works together. And we all know and understand our role and respect everyone, everyone's position, which I think is you know, well, you, the know to the success. I, I, you know, I, I'm being a, a stand-up comic and watching these specials because I'm, you know, because you look at him and go, is, is he going to do the same thing, the uh, same style that he did the previous special? Because that's how comics, that's how you can see people work out. You know, after a while, mm-hmm. you see the same hook, the same angle. This is how they get their laughs out. You know, everyone has been, they've been Dave Chappelle, but they have told a different story, and that's that's comedic genius. I know you guys have to be sitting around going, wow. Wow. Constantly, you know, and another thing that we're always in awe of, you know, Dave reinvents himself, I believe, on every special. Every special, I can tell you the conversation <laughs> that had that was had before we shot the special. Right. And he, everything was very deliberate. He was really clear about what his intentions were. Right. For every single show. And I'm always in a, excited to see it all come to fruition because look, we, we go when he says he's ready, we go, we watch the workouts, you know, see where he is. No one tells Dave what to say, Mm -hmm. but we definitely, you know, weigh in. And, you know, in the end, Dave knows that he has to stand head and shoulders. And the biggest thing, he's a comics comic. Like he loves this art form of comedy. So he doesn't take it for granted. And he definitely makes sure everyone else, Around. Really, really. You're telling the absolute truth. It's really as uh, a, he is a comics comic. Uh, 2020 is coming up. What, 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 what do we look for for Magic Lemonade and your producing talents in 2020? Um, such exciting things. We're starting, you know, I just finished the Trumpet Awards, shooting the Trumpet Awards. So that'll air in January, which Magic Lemonade is really excited about. You know, mm-hmm. we came in to elevate the show. We brought mm-hmm. it to the Dolby Theater. And we had the most amazing talent, Martin Lawrence, Cedric the Entertainer, Wanda Sykes. Like, it was amazing. And it was such an effortless production. So you you just had, pulled you know, on your little comedy. You just hours. pulled on your little comedy connection right there. You just threw out those names. See, I'm, I'm teasing Ricky. See, I'm just teasing. What you had not going to come on my show and act like you regular. Okay, so you, what you're not going to come on my show and act like you can just throw out Martin Lawrence, throw out Cedric, Cedric the Entertainer, and throw out Wanda Sykes and just keep moving on. We know they brought me in to elevate it, so I I, I stepped in and brought in a few people, a few people. Now it, it, see, it was an awesome event. I mean, for those who don't know, we saw Martin give a thank you speech that went on for about five or six minutes, which is unheard of. Right. In the history, I had Mike Epps, who was there, who did an amazing job. Mike stuck to the script, which in 15 years of working with him, I've never seen him do. You know, uh, Anthony Anderson came in and loved the words that were on the page. You know, so it was just, um, you know, it was a moment where you feel like, oh, we did this right. Well, you know, the, 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 what, I, what I hear is this. I hear trust because talent has to trust mm-hmm. you. I hear credibility. Because your brand has to say something for people. Because the Trumpet Awards has been around forever. It's a good show. Yes. But never have they had the names that you rattle off in a group like this. That red carpet yeah. was on fire. That mm-hmm. day. Okay. And, you know, to throw out Anthony Anderson. I know Anthony Anderson. You know, these these mm-hmm. are opinionated people. It mm-hmm. will change the script on you in a heartbeat. Okay. For sure. Same thing with Mike Epps. These are opinionated mm-hmm. people. Okay. 
And and uh, you know when, when you're dealing with a person who, his his the whole thing is that all now one of those personalities you said was similar, so you had to mm-hmm. treat everyone unique, had to greet everyone unique, and make sure they valued their purpose on the show. Mm-hmm. That is Absolutely. what a great producer does, Ricky. And I'm glad we, we I'm glad you brought this up because for me to be able to say this to you and and from a producer to another producer. And be able to say, that's a gift, young lady. That's why Magic Lemonade is successful. And that's why you will continue to yeah. be successful. But I'm sure you have some more projects. Please get them out there. I know January. I do. Magic tying yeah. in the, you know, the, you know, yeah. Martin, he tying in the bad boys release with the Trump and the world appearance. I know what he's doing. I know yeah, what he's doing. Know, it's all coming together in a wonderful way. You know, I think it should be a symbiotic relationship. We uh-huh. cross-promote. Uh-huh. Um, I'm doing ABFF Awards February 23rd, which Ooh. is always an event that I absolutely love. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing with Jeff for the last My you know, man. four years. Mm-hmm. Jeff Friday. Absolutely. Um, um, so that's something really important for the community and really important for, you know, for the world. And I love the things that have always spring out of that event. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, you know, I manage Carlos Miller and Emmanuel Hudson. Carlos, I will put my stake, my reputation on this, will be the next one to blow. Amazing comic. I can watch Carlos do time for, you know, two hours and never repeat the same joke Love and it. do it in a whole week, which is something I see that Dave does all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, he's never afraid of someone stealing his material because he's got much more of it. Thank you. Um, so <laughs> love that. Um, I also, you know, I work with the guys at 85 South. I, I executive produce those guys, which you know very oh, well. Oh, my boy. Dad, oh, Andre. see, you, you're making me mad. See, we actually should be doing lunch because, you know, you keep going in and out of my life. Did you go throw out 85 South like that? Them, the, These them. are my guys. I've been working with DC and those guys for six years, you know, and, and I've watched and your show, the Steve Harvey platform and you in particular were the roadmap for Chad and Joe. Yes. yes. And they will always give it back to you. I will always give it up to you. <laughs> but what these young men have created on their own, being their own bosses, is a story that's meant to be told. Absolutely. And it's meant to be told because it's at the level where every person can meet them. These are, to me, I call them the kings with the common touch because these guys are nothing short of amazing. They're mm-hmm. fearless. Mm-hmm. And now with the business are built around them, mm-hmm. like we're in such an amazing place. And the biggest thing is that I love the first thing I said when I first started working, I said, you guys, the first thing I want you guys to do is no one to be hungry at this table. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take any deal until everyone is fed. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. everyone was fed, then we started having meetings. And once we started having meetings, we had the power of no. And the we're, I, right now, every agency, every management company, every studio wants to be involved. But now we have the power of no to tell the story the way we want the story to be told. And I think it's the most beautiful, powerful position that these guys can ever be in. And I'm so happy that they trust me and that we've built this together. You know, so, I, I mean, these guys are just amazing. So give a little, bit, give, give a little bit more South, detail. Give a little bit more detail about what 85 South is and what they're doing with yeah, the so comics and 85 the South started off as a podcast. And it was a podcast. Uh, Carlos Miller had the idea for the podcast. Mm-hmm. And he had been working with D.C. Um, on while they were working on Wild and Out. And they also had um, Chico Beans, who was working on Wild and Out at the time, too. They all came together and did a podcast. Also, Clayton Thomas also comes in from time to time and does 
and does some time on a podcast. But then it started to grow through social media. Right. And as it started to grow, then we started to take it out on the road Mm -hmm. and starting just doing show dates. They started selling out. And there's a couple people that are really important, I have to say, at this point. You know, Chad was like, hey, can I get some space at Steve Harvey Studio? Can I do whatever, whatever favors could happen to make this happen? They all made it happen. Joe would shoot everything, edit everything, but he's also like a savant when it comes to social media. Right. So he was really clear to be able to say, this is where we need to go next. And that was the key to the success because it didn't show sold out shows. The next key is that because it's improv, there's never the same show. So this gives us the ability that most shows don't have, and that is to walk into the same market over and over again and the same audience to show up and show out for them. So, But it takes a special group of people. So when you put D.C. Young Fly, Carlos Miller, and Chico Beam in the forefront and allow them to be who they are authentically mm-hmm. and the rest of the machine behind them support it, it's a really beautiful thing. And it's definitely some magic that's created on that stage every day that the guys go out. Well, my friend, I'm so thankful you called in on my show. So thankful that the the paths that I've walked in and then still walking in, you dancing and making them bigger. Uh, the note that you're developing and mentoring and doing business with people that uh, I know, uh, Chad and Joe, uh, I should be so hard on them young men. You know, he, uh, in fact, Chad, he called me uh, two weeks ago. And said, thank you. He said, thank you. Mm-hmm. He said, we know now. He said, we give you credit up front on why we are successful. Because uh, mm-hmm. we didn't understand the discipline that it took. The discipline of being able to grind means something. That people around mm-hmm. you just can't be your friends. They have to be understanding and work, work hard for you, the same dream you're trying to work hard for. And that's what that's the, that's the core of what Magic Lemonade is, correct? It is. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well my friend... We're going to talk soon. Uh, I'd love to bring you back on when, uh, we know, the uh, Jeff Friday show comes out just to talk about yes. it. Yes. Just to talk about it. You know, that's that's going to be the first quarter because I know you're going to have something in the second quarter, the third quarter, and the fourth quarter. Uh, and, Absolutely. Um, you know, you'll be throwing out some sitcom talk, some tour talk, <laughs> all kind of good stuff. But that's what you do. And congratulations on starting your production company. I know it's up been up for a while, but working with people that I, I admire, uh, Ralph Farquhar, uh, Stan Lathan, Carl Craig. Mm-hmm. I would have to say those three young men had an effect on who Rashawn McDonald is today. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much. I Thank you. you. I appreciate you. Thank you. We talk soon. Bye-bye.